That Wouldn't is a great argue, point, Matt. argue that he was the one that did the work to find the asshole and shove yeah, something up you it. You find the asshole on an invisible man and then come and tell me <laughs> that someone else did more work than you. Welcome to the What's Our Verdict TV podcast, where we fashion ourselves television judge and jury. My name is JJ Crowder. I'm here with my co-hosts, Mattson Heiner. Better red than dead. Javier Ortiz. What is up, my nerds? And at this point, she's been on enough. She's just a co-host, Casey Rich. Sorry, not sorry for the swears. <laughs> Do you guys ever find yourself wondering if you should take the time to set your TiVo to record a show each week or invest hours into binging that show that all your friends keep telling you to watch? Well, we're here to answer that question for you. We put TV shows on trial, discuss the facts, pass judgment, and let you know our verdict. We do appreciate help growing the podcast. Hit that follow or subscribe button. Tell a friend about us. Go check out our website, whatsourverdict.com, and subscribe to our email list for exclusive content and updates. Today, we are reviewing this Boys Season 2, Episodes 1 through 5. The boys. The boys. This is an Amazon Prime original series. It's based on the comic of the same name created by Garth Ennis. Stars Carl Urban, Jack Quaid, Anthony Starr, Aaron Moriarty, Dominic McElligot, Jesse T. Usher, Laz Alonzo, Tomer Capone, and Karen Fukuhara. A group of vigilantes set out to take down corrupt superheroes or abuse their superpowers. This season brings back the original team and introduces the new superhero Stormfront, as well as the boss of Vought. Mr. Edgar. Mr. Edgar, that's right. Fucking nailed it. You did. Javier, you can you can leave now. That was that, is that all you guys needed me for? <laughs> <laughs> so we'll try to keep this episodic, kind of go through each episode a little bit at a time. But let's just jump right in. It picks kind of up pretty much where we left these guys off, right? So I binge watched all of it at the same time. So I'm gonna have a hard time differentiating season one and two. But just as a quick reminder, season one ends with Homelander killing, uh, what's her name? Right? Yes. Still well. Yeah. Still well. And then showing he Butcher that, he's, that his wife is alive with yes. Homelander's kid. Okay, got it. I'm, I'm caught up now. All right, all right okay. continue. The separation has been built. Yep, yep. I understand. Yeah, we open with Butcher laying in a parking lot. Of, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what was this? Time? And he's next to, oh. That way. Didn't it open that way? I thought it did. No, that's not until later on because you don't know what the fuck happened to Butcher. Yeah, we don't see Butcher till oh, later. Oh, that's right. It opens sure in it the opens, basement. It opens in the basement of that whatever building. The drug den. And then yeah. it ends up going from yeah those guys to Huey and Starlight on the train. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Back at their shenanigans. And then Homelander being a fucking control freak. As he is. Oh, with but, with him with Becca, right? And his kid. Yeah. Homelander. Yeah, that's creepy as shit, dude. <laughs> Well, in this episode, is it the first episode you get introduced to Stormfront as well? Yeah, she shows up in the middle. They're, they're, they're shooting some like so because Homelander wants control of who's in the seven. So he's ordering around the chick that just took Stillwell's spot. Oh, that right. once got fired and got everybody coffee. What is her name? Uh, she's a weasel. Yeah, yeah, she told uh, Starlight that she was glad she didn't have to kiss her ass anymore at the end of the season when she got fired last yeah. season. So it, it, it really is Homelander, and then Homelander is trying to control everything. So he, he meets the the blind superhero. Oh, God. I and, forgot uh, about that. They're, they're fighting to get, like, uh, oh. what's your bucket? Oh, Whatever the character's gosh. name. Like, Stillwell 2.0. I can't even remember her him, name. He, Ashley. 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 Yeah, Ash. 
on Ashy. Yeah. Yeah, because it, it it starts with her and she introduces him to this new guy and she's like, he's got this and this and this and we get this vote and the blind vote and the special community vote. And then Homelander walks up to him and boxes, punches the side of his face and says, yeah, but what happens if somebody does this? <laughs> he's bleeding out of his ears, laying on the ground. Oh, he walks so away rough. and tells Ashley, like, you're fucking crazy if there's going to be somebody like that on my team. What a great scene for Anthony Starr, which is that fully encompassed comes to me what I what I like about Homelander because he can be politically correct, put on the smile, say the right things, be that friendly person, but then man, just like like that. Mm-hmm. He flips a switch and goes into full control freak mode, like rage mode, psychotic mode, whatever you want to call it. I mean, that scene of all, you're just like, yep, that's Homelander for you. Speaking of creepy and weird Homelander, can the we milk? talk about the milk scene? Uh-huh. Which which milk scene though? The breast milk multiples. scene. So when he goes into Stillwell's old office, yeah, and he pulls out from the freezer this bottle of her pumped milk and then heats it up with his eyes and then like basically molests it <laughs> to drink this milk. I was so uncomfortable watching this scene. The dude has such a long tongue. <laughs> I kept thinking like how you have such a long tongue and you can literally like curl the end of it. I mean, as a woman game on but as a <laughs> bottle of milk not so much yeah it was creepy but that's exactly how i expect someone who's raised in a lab to act you know like like he's got mommy problems and then he attaches to her and then it's just like a slippery slope like i totally get that like totally makes sense to me no yeah i mean i get it's within character but it's still like it sicked me out oh, and then later no. on don't like, get me wrong it's horrifying and the yeah. weird little moan that he does yeah. while he's doing it, like yeah. he just got off. So bad. Yeah, it's too much. And yeah, and then we're introduced to Stormfront at the shoot. She interrupts this commercial shoot. Hi guys, I'm the new girl. <laughs> and she's, while she's while she's like videotaping herself talking shit on, on bot yeah. and dude, she's like Facebook living the whole thing. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, talking just shit. I love that scene again with Homelander where he's like, wait, what? And then he realizes he's on camera. You can see he's putting on putting on the face as much as he can. But you can see that. And that's one thing I like about Anthony Starr. You can see the tension like in his face. But yet he's like super happy. And you just know on the inside, he's like, I just want to laser her face off right now. <laughs> and he can't because he knows he's on camera. He's like, I got to be happy Homelander. <laughs> yeah, so... The first episode is everything I expected when walking into season two. So at one point in this initial episode, Starlight partners up with some guy. She used to be on a like like a soups for Christ or some sort of team with. She finds him because she's blackmailing him to get compound B. But the way that she blackmails this guy is that she catches video of him because he's whoring himself out for S&M. And you see that because he takes some dude into a room. And after the dude chops off his hand, he goes, well, for an extra grand, you can chop off my dick. So I couldn't tell. Did it not hurt him when he was having his arm cut off? No, you could see him wince. So he's just done it enough times that he just like deals with it. I mean, I think he feels it to a certain degree, but I don't know because they don't actually mention that because I wondered that same thing. He's chopping off his arm and it's like he did wince and he had some reaction. So I'm just wondering if there's a little bit of pain, but they obviously don't feel pain the same way that normal humans do. So I'm just wondering if there's got to be some level of pain. But I'll tell you that I went like my first thought when he said that was, ooh, I'd make it much more than a grand. (laughs) Like, if this guy's willing to meet me in a dirty, ratty hotel and cut my arm off for a thousand bucks, maybe five grand. 
I I mean, maybe I'm just weird. I kind of expected it because it's the boys. So I was like, eh, like, that makes sense. They would go there. But that being said, my thought process after was what led him to get to this point? Like, when did he spawn this idea of, oh, yeah, like, this is an easy side hustle for me. Like, (laughs) and then at one point, what client did he have where they were like, can I cut your wiener off? And his thought process, everything is just really interesting. But if it comes back, it comes back, I guess. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, if it grows back, it is what it is. Thousand bucks, no harm done, right? <laughs> Does <laughs> but, it get smaller every time? Well, then we have to rethink this whole problem. But dude, I knows? wish it was like Deadpool, where it like took longer. So yeah, yeah, he just had like a two incher for like a month, you know. Starts off as a micro penis. Yeah, <laughs> it, it probably does though. <laughs> oh my gosh! It was funny how nonchalant. Thousand bucks, I'll let you cut my dick off. <laughs> Dude, that guy's an entrepreneur. You know, good for him. <laughs> he's, he's he's his own boss. But but going kind of another really interesting topic from the first episode was the whole thing with the deep. Uh, I know we haven't talked about that yet with the what they call the the uh, what is it called the Church of the Collective. Yeah. And- hey, hey guys, want a fresca? <laughs> oh my gosh, dude! I was like, <laughs> what the fuck is with the fresca? Yeah, was that like his trigger or something yeah, that like wow. calmed him? Or and then later on in the first episode, the dude comes with two six packs of fresca yeah. and drops them on the counter. The things they lead into with this show. Hey guys, hey, you want a fresca? <laughs> I love how the deep was just as confused as we were, and he's just like, I mean, yeah, like I'll take a fresca. <laughs> and then after the third time, he's just like, what is happening? <laughs> And I loved the epic way he like went after the kids at the water park. Oh, he was drunk. Oh my god! <laughs> and his yeah. meltdown, like spraying them with. The- and then he goes to like the local watering hole, and the dude threatens to kick him out, and he doesn't want to leave. So he's like, "You can either leave, or I can call TMZ." And I love that. That's like it's not. I'll call the cops. No, no, no. I'll call TMZ and and make things even worse. Was the Church of Collective like Scientology, or it? I don't. It just made me think of. Like an evangelical church. It's totally what it reminded me of. Like one of those televised ones, you know? I don't think it was Scientology. And you find out later on that Stormfront was part of it. Well, she used to be a part of it, yeah. Before they started letting lots of people in, right? Mm. So Uh, Lots of people with air quotes. Yeah. And A-Train's like, no, I don't know what you mean. (laughs) Elaborate. Yeah. (laughs) But I do think it's like a born-again Christian kind of... I could see like the a little bit of both, right? The born again Christian style, but also Scientology. the Scientology because it lean. They're obviously leaning on their just like Scientology leans on the famous members. They are obviously leaning into the powered members because you have the Hawkeye ripoff, and then yeah, now I mean, they're think... working on the deep, trying to get him into the seven. And I'd agree so. with that. Like I'm sure that they target the celebrity because they also need that as their bread and butter. I don't think you know enough one way or another to say that they. They also have like a zillion people and that's a far cry, right? It's not really that many, but they don't have an army of people that they basically put into slavery that are just following the teachings of this. You know, considering that deep, like sexually assaulted Starlight, you sh- they sure make you feel really bad for him. Like he is a pathetic, broken man in this season. Well, he definitely was at the end of last season too, like shaving his head, calling himself a dumbass killed a dolphin the redemption arc is a little weird what i liked about this season and this is an episode this is not going to be episodic because it happens throughout this episodes is for the most part you spent season one 
learning about these people and having empathy toward the boys and really building a hatred or or disgust of all the superheroes. And I think that they did a good job this season of showing a human element and a, a vulnerability for the soups in the second season. So I spent the first season hating them or learning to dislike them, but they all kind of have a human moment with the exception of, I would argue, two of them. So I think you see the deep kind of go through his shit. You see a little bit from A Train when he's talking to Starlight. You see, you definitely see it with Maeve, and you can see kind of how she gets more and more disenfranchised to where she and she's growing a pair of balls at the same time. Black Noir, you don't though. The Black true. Noir is so weird and just kind of a weird addition to the team. Yeah, when are they going to expound on his character? I was kind of disappointed because in the preview it seemed like he was going to have this bigger role and they only used him for the opening credits of the first episode when he was going around killing people. Well, and what an epic thing it was. Like he chops down a bunch of guys and then the weirdest part, <laughs> he grabs the, the little kid, gets all scared <laughs> of him. He grabs the bunny and he doesn't say anything. He just makes like these grunting noises like it's dancing. <laughs> or it, I thought it was more of like a well, yeah, <laughs> he just sets it down and walks out. In the comics, isn't he like? I've read something with him and children. It's like pretty graphic, and he and they clearly. I don't think the boys, the TV show, really wants to push into that part. But isn't he like a pedophile or something bad? Like not cool. He's definitely a pervert. Like he's worse than. So you've seen. We've already seen the sexual assault thing with the deep, and there's much more sexual assault in the comics. Basically, Starlight in the comics gets sexually assaulted by the. Deep, Homelander, Black Noir, and then later on I read Stormfront as well because Stormfront's a man in the comics. So she's sexually assaulted across the comics, but the most, when when you read about the comics, the most deviant sexually of all the characters in it is Black Noir, but he also doesn't speak just like he does in the show. So they've left that part of his character out and just kind of made him really creepy. I don't know that they'll ever dive into it. I know there's still a lot left of this season and season three is coming, but he's definitely a creepy fucker. I agree with Casey when she brought it up the fact that you're starting to see the fact that these superheroes aren't invulnerable and they're not complete pieces of shit while they're almost complete pieces of shit there's still that human side and they start to have regrets especially the longer they're in it like you see Maeve I would argue they're all still pieces of shit (laughs) but they're not sociopaths with the exception of two can I jump to the story of Becca and Butcher yeah that he finds her and has a plan to break her out of where she is living right and she bails on butcher because like why because she's convinced that he's gonna find a way to get rid of her son is that but butcher butcher flat out says that yeah after butcher she calls flat him out on says it. like he's a billion dollar thing they're never gonna let him go he's smart enough to know they're not gonna make it out with that kid or they're never gonna stop being hunted without that kid and so plus he's anti-soup at that point yeah, not to mention he there is the prejudice because he loses his shit and says he's a he's a soup freak and to her face. It's funny because we had that conversation before at the end of season one. And Matson, I think you asked it, like, what do we think Butcher's going to be like in the future seasons now that he's met Becca? So I was pleasantly not surprised. <laughs> That his character had gone so far down that road that it wasn't going to change, but... Well, I mean, he we saw that he almost, like, gave up 
on life and his mission, though. He pretty much had no purpose. And it took him, what, for, in our terms, like an episode or maybe an episode and a half to come through it because he was he was ready to be done. Same thing with Huey, as we'll talk about. Both of them kind of hit their arc where they had hit their max and were ready to just kind of bow out and say, you know what, this is too much for me. What's funny is like, I think I feel the same way about Huey that Butcher does, where I'm like, you're just an annoying, whiny piece of shit. Who I sometimes do too. Like endearing moments. He's such a whiny little <laughs> bitch. He really is. And every time he's on screen, I'm like, I kind of roll my eyes. I'm like, really? we got to deal with this kid again? You know well, this episode... season, he has been. You're totally yeah. right. You know what episode one did to me is I now feel that same way about Starlight. She spent the me entire too. first episode yeah. blaming him for lying and going back to like, you have been lying every single day to me for a year. You know what? You're sitting next to him on a fucking train. You're choosing to be there. If you want to tell him to get fucked, tell him to get fucked, but have the huevos to just do it and stop bitching about it, man. Yeah, for someone who hates it so much, she's still there and she keeps throwing it back in his face. It's like, you got to decide. You're the in or you're out. Yeah. And if you're in, fucking let it go. But she can't because she has to hate him, but she has, he's the only thing she has. Because at the end of the day, if you think about it, yes, he betrayed her, he lied to her, he used her, but she has no one else. She's rejected her mother. Maeve has saved her life, but that was the extent of it. Homelander has threatened to kill her multiple times and is, she's always afraid of him so where else is she gonna go walk down the street and introduce yourself to a doorman i don't care go sit on another workbench she's a hot yeah yeah she's a hot blonde dude yeah but company go fucking find it so what are you gonna do you're gonna tell them all about the shit that's going on in your life do you need to she does obviously that's where yes huey's a whiny little bitch so is starlight but that's why they can't get rid of each other is because they're the only they outside he goes and complains to butcher he gets told he's a whiny little bitch he goes and complains to mother's milk yeah my problem isn't that she's whining my problem is if you're gonna be there fucking let it go have the conversation and say look i don't appreciate how you lied to me for a year don't look at me like that because that (laughs) argument would have gone a fucking different way and i would have junk punched you sorry go ahead but just have the just have the conversation and fucking let it go because this isn't the first First time she's had that conversation this is like obviously she's doing this to him every day yeah she likes to torture him because it makes her feel better because she's a cunt well I'm not, I'm not saying she's not shitty i'm just saying i i no, like that dynamic if, and i get it if she's gonna torture anyone like let it be huey that guy sucks you know <laughs> like this is gonna happen to anyone i'm glad it's happening to him i love huey he's the heart of that team that team would have shit themselves without huey what I don't, what? I don't think he's the heart he has saved everybody on that team at least once what how do I, you figure he saved butcher against when in season one in like the second episode when they go up against translucent translucent Lucy was about to kill Butcher. Yeah, but that's because Butcher saved Huey. Doesn't matter. Huey still saved Butcher. Huey still saved Butcher. On top of that, (laughs) on top of that, Butcher told Frenchie and MM to go fuck themselves and left them in a Vought facility. Huey's stupid ass went back and saved their asses at the end of the first season. That's true. I'll give you that one. (laughs) So, and now Huey refuses to give up on Butcher throughout the first half of this season. He keeps going back. He would have killed himself. He would have ended up dying at the end of the last episode if Huey hadn't told Mother's Milk that he was worried about him. And then MM knows him well enough to know where they're at and there's something going wrong. Without Huey, Butcher's toast multiple times throughout this season. I would, no, no, no. I would just like to point out that Butcher and Huey were not in the same episode or near each other for the first fucking like two or two episodes. Sure. Butcher wasn't there. 
Butcher did just fine on his own when Homelander left him in a parking lot. He was underground. He didn't need fucking Huey to come save him. Not that time. Eat me. <laughs> I'm just saying. Huey's yeah, annoying I, as shit. I think, but I think it's a stretch to say that Huey is the heart of the group. I think they've made him useful because otherwise just, he's just dead weight, which is what he is like 90% of the time. But, you know, like the heart... 90%? I think it's fair that Mother's Milk called him the canary because he's the one yapping when they've gone too far. He's not the one keeping the group together. Mother's Milk is. He Okay. Mm, that's a good point. Fair enough. Mother's Milk is very important to this group. But when your heart says that without Huey, the team goes to shit, it's hard to say. He looked at Butcher and he said, we're nothing without this kid. We need this kid multiple times. Not to mention, since we started watching this show, the person that's killed multiple <laughs> Multiple superheroes is Huey. Just throwing that shit out there. Wait, has he killed multiple? And did he really? He gets the credit for killing Translucent, but he literally did the least amount of work out of all of yeah, them. Yeah, I think Frenchie gets that. Yeah, Frenchie, Frenchie killed Translucent. Frenchie shoved a bomb in his ass. Huey pulled. He the came trigger. up with the idea. And Frenchie didn't even know where his butthole was. He had to find that thing. That's yeah. hard. He yeah. still Find the- it. That would is a great argue, point, Matt. You argue that he was the one that did the work to find the asshole and shove yeah, something up you it. You find the asshole on an invisible man and then come and tell me <laughs> that someone else did more work than you. Oh, man. He's ungrateful, JJ. Still yeah. pulled the trigger when he didn't have to. Could have let him go. That is the least, that was the lowest bar for killing a superhero ever. Jeez. That's like having someone else run like 25 miles of marathon and you run the last mile and you're like, damn, completed a marathon. That's just smart work right there. No, bullshit. what that is. So before we got on this tangent, we were talking about the deep and the, the church of the collective. Did anybody else expect the sound of the gill's voice to be so high? <laughs> Okay. I, was, I wasn't expecting the guilds to talk, so I don't know what I was expecting. Yeah, the Church of the Collective, they they drug people to help them they find do. themselves. Shroom That's a new tactic. It's a very spiritual experience. Hey, well, because, because Carol said that churches or that therapy is... Uh, oh, yeah, what'd she say? She said, like... She uh, says therapy is destructive. So they get them high to go on a spiritual journey because he wouldn't... He drew a picture of himself without gills, and she kept, like, pointing to his torso, saying, what is missing and he wouldn't acknowledge them oh dude the part where he has that chick over and she's shoving her hand in his gills like made me so uncomfortable dude like so freaking uncomfortable and they couldn't have picked a better voice for the weird creepy gills for Patton oswald i love Patton oswald he's funny as hell he's just got such a recognizable voice so when the gills started talking i started laughing i was like holy shit that's Patton oswald aj there's a there's a t-shirt to be had in there like you take his picture and put mr gill man when he did an interview about being the gills and he just said it he goes it was the funniest thing he goes and i just he goes he ad-libbed a bunch of it just to mess with him and he was in the same room as chase crawford (laughs) while he was recording it and so he would sit there and say the while chase was filming he would be in the background like saying the lines and shit oh yeah i was like this is great just to mess with him episode one homelander goes to visit stan and then he says I am Vought and then continues to show that he's an ultimate piece of shit. So what he says to him is, you show my photo to some illiterate fucking camel jockey in the middle of the Sahara and he's going to say Homelander in perfect American. (laughs) What a massive dick. Oh my gosh. 
And in my head, all I thought, like, I heard that imperfect American and I went, oh my God, you fucking asshole. You're so fucking conceited that you don't even acknowledge the English language as an English language. It's an American. So like, go fuck yourself. I hate to break this to the world, but I've watched videos of people in downtown Manhattan being interviewed and call the English language American. They need to speak American. This is probably far more people than we want to admit would call the English language American. It's why people hate Americans. I, I don't disagree. Wait, I thought Homelander was talking about like the American accent. No. No. The language. Oh. He was talking about the language. Imperfect I know. American. We clearly see throughout season two that all he gives an F about is America. He That's like his thing. He doesn't even care about America. He grew up America. in a lab. Yeah. Dude, while we're, while we're on the topic, when he... So I'm jumping ahead a little bit here. But when he... When he, that video of leaks... Of course I am. When yeah. that video <laughs> leaks of him flying into like, I don't even know where, and just lasering some dude and then killing a dude behind the terrorist. And then you see his face and he's disgusted with where he's at. And he's like, all right. And yeah. then just leaves. That totally sums up like how racist and terrible he is. No, the worst part's right after when he says, oh, they're starving, but someone's got a cell phone. Yeah. Oh, yes. And his face where he does that thing where he's like, yeah. <laughs> It looks like he flew into one of the stands. I, no, I'm pretty sure it was Africa. But yeah, it's and and when he realizes, he watches it and he's like, "Oh, oh!" And then the next sentence is the one about the cell phone. I'm like, "Fuck, you're a child." He really is, though. Yeah, he's a, and that's how Edgar, Mister Edgar, refers to the soups as children, uh, like children. Yeah, yeah. like you, just keep the children in check. Yeah, keep the children on on ninety nine in check. <laughs> Well, and I love that he, like, I love that he put Homelander in his place in that very first episode where he's like, fuck you, man. You are not, we're not in the business of superheroes. We are a pharmaceutical company. Yep. I loved it. And then Homelander did his face thing again. (laughs) Yeah, he's getting his ass handed to him a lot this season. I could watch that 20 more times. (laughs) Of course, then there's the third episode, which is like. You skipped the second episode. Well, I don't even remember the second episode. Second the only episode. thing I want to talk about the second, the biggest thing that happens is we, Kamiko's brother. Uh, that's oh, right. yeah. Come across him. But Kamiko goes through the whole thing about, hey, these guys are like trying to use and abuse my brother, to, but also take down these superheroes. But this is my brother. And that conflict of interest is a pretty I, tough to juggle. I was very confused as to why Kamiko was going along with it. Because she knew that they were going to turn her, her brother into the CIA or the government or whatever. Why would she be okay with that? Because you're trying to keep him safer than if he were to go against. I mean, she's been watching these soups. She's been watching Homelander. They've been attacked by them. She knows what they're going to do. I think it was her way of trying to keep him safe by sending them to the FBI director. And the FBI director was a fairly safe bet at that point where they were just going to turn him in for all intents and purposes he could go live his life in a cell or they could try to naturalize him to where he potentially could do some power for some good yeah I no, think- he was he was like they're gonna they're gonna torture me right like you can't be so naive to think that the cia isn't gonna experiment and torture a soup terrorist and i think alive and tortured in her mind is very different than just dead at least at some point he's alive and maybe she can do something to get him out i mean they've been rescued from she's been rescued from a facility of vaults and the FBI. So at some point they could probably try to save him. So for her, I think it's just, I'm trying to keep him alive as opposed to if the soups catch him, he's dead. Or if he goes after the soups, he's dead. Oh yeah. Well, we uh, saw that happen. 
episode two is all about girl power. So that's where they open up and they start to talk about the three girls getting together oh, doing movies right. the and they're sitting how. and going yeah, yeah. through the interviews. And this is where you actually start to like Stormfront. And I, in the beginning episodes at this point, I kind of admired her. She has a voice. She uses it. She says whatever she wants. Sounds a lot like somebody I know. <laughs> You want to talk about girl power? Let's talk about getting some pockets. Yeah. And then she talks to Starlight. What did she say to Starlight? God, I don't remember anything <laughs> oh from episode God. two. It was the best part. And she goes, by the way, if somebody shoves a dick in your oh, mouth, right. you bite it fucking off. I do remember that now. Because she's talking about Pippi Longstocking being yeah. the greatest hero. Yeah. You want to know who the greatest superhero is? Pippi Longstocking. Because she lived on her own and she did. Yeah, because so Pippi Longstocking, her dad was a sailor. Her mom died. And she finds this random gold that her dad had. She moves into a house with her pet monkey and she lives by herself. Makes friends with kids down the street. And has super superhero strength. Then we see some other sides of her that we will get to. Well, as I say, episode three, that's when... It all goes to hell, though, because yeah, when... she's real cool until you find out she's a mega racist, right? Like and a more... mega murderer. Yeah, more and... to her until she freaking. Sorry, that... you're right. Now we'll wait. Well, we're we're pretty much there. No, we're pretty much there. You'll see levels of building of people because they're black. That's that's pretty. Uh, it's pretty pretty damning as far as character development goes. You can be as feminist as you want. That's still pretty bad. <laughs> Dude, I didn't even put that together till right now because I just was going to say she killed a bunch of people. But now thinking about that, she clearly made it more of a personal vendetta, I think, based off what we know about her character. The showrunners did a really good job of making it very mild and mm-hmm. not obvious when she was going through the apartment building at the end of episode three. I mean, they showed she was a monster, but not a racist monster until the very end of the episode. But even at the, yeah, when, because she calls, she calls him a yellow bastard yeah. and then breaks and breaks the brother's neck. But in the apartment, but when you go back and watch it the second time, it's, it's nuts because the little black family was out of the way. The two kids and the dad, they got out of her way and she just murdered them. And then you just see the whole side of the building blow up and she's just killing everyone. And then you find out later it was like 92 people got killed in that apartment Jeez. complex and and it's just her the brother at that point was on the roof like he wasn't anywhere near what was going on so she she's just that one dude through the window that was like walking down the stairwell just no reason yeah she chucks him fucking window i'm like holy crap this is whoo and then she like homelander that's what it paid um she went homelander with the airplane in in season one she gets up there and is talking to the media cameras and points back to the people saying like they're the real heroes basically just puts on the two-face and everything's okay swept under the rug just killed like 90 people didn't have to do that the soup terrorist blew up the whole building but wait actually it was me but i'm not going to tell you that okay i need some help with just the premise of this show Right. Like, like what what's keeping Homelander in check? What's keeping Homelander from just freaking going ballistic and ruling the planet? His image. I think people's opinion, mm-hmm. right? His image. He cares. Like Casey he, was saying. He wants to be loved. He is a man who has never felt love in his life. He's been searching for it his entire life for love and approval, and he's never gone. Okay. That makes sense. So what's stopping Stormfront from going ballistic and ruling the planet? Because she wants to rule the planet. 
Yeah, but like she could do it by force. That's just my point. Like, what's stopping these superheroes from just doing it by but force? But I don't, but to your point, Javier, I, I don't think she could because people like Homelander, where the only way she could do it is what she's trying to do now is to get Homelander on her side to start to maybe do some of those things because she, she went about it the wrong way. Homelander, who cares about the people and what they think of him, would then say, All right, here's my chance. I'm going to take her down. Everyone's going to be endeared to me. At least that's just the way I think about it, where she's trying to do it in a covert way that works that she can keep power because if she kills everyone someone's going to turn on her like homelander or someone well she doesn't yeah, like she wants to be a darling she she doesn't want to she doesn't want people to know she's the bad guy right she wants to be the puppet master and at a time where in the media all you're getting is you know a company saying one thing and somebody else covering something else and and putting on a pretty face because here you have this big corporation that can't possibly lose money. Now you have somebody who's saying fuck Vought and she spends the entire time doing it. They don't let us have pockets. They don't let us do this. They they're to blame. So she's she's vilifying this comp- corporation and and making people look over one way when really it it allows her the flexibility to do whatever she wants while she's misdirecting them somewhere else. At the end of the day, to rule the world, you need the people on the world to follow you, not just out of fear, because we've seen Homelander makes one mistake and all of a sudden everybody's after him, right? To them, he was like the perfect soldier, the perfect person. Everybody loved him. One video comes out and that all changed. You also see the same thing with Homelander. He rules the seven by fear. Mm. They're all afraid of him. He makes them afraid of him. And as the season progresses, you can see you can see the seven falling apart, falling away from each other. You know, Maeve loses it and she starts going her own way. So I, I think you start to see the cracks in what ruling by fear looks like. Yeah. All right. I can buy that. Well, let's not skip over in episode three, The Whale. Oh, dude. <laughs> yeah. I winced. If you're talking about a time I winced, it was when they uh, drove through a whale. Because the deep, <laughs> once again, gets an animal killed. This fucking <laughs> idiot throws a dolphin in the front of a truck, uh, gets a freaking lobster's head chopped off. Hilarious. Gets a Huey's just chilling in there, yeah, like losing the his mind. Mother's milk has to come back in to like basically get him out and be like, bro, like anywhere but here. And they're just chilling inside of a whale, and there's like bodily fluids pumping blood vessel who knows what this it is this giant ass heart pretty. is sitting right next to Huey Crazy. pumping <laughs> like it's dunk, dunk. and then you can see later as it's dying it slows down but it's still sitting there pumping while they're sitting next to it it was so brutal well and this is also after Huey calls Starlight and leaves her this really sweet message saying that I think you're my have you ever seen the, the music video oh, yeah. you're my second wind and then he's sitting in this whale's body saying he's waiting for his second wind. So he's mm. waiting for Starlight. It was so pathetic. And then she almost kills him. And then she almost 10 kills minutes him. later. Oh, dude, I would have I would have loved that. <laughs> I would have been like poetic. Oh shit. Episode three is also when um Starlight's plan works itself oh, out yeah. where she exposes compound V and how soups are made. Mm-hmm. And Ashley has her first meltdown. Because she's afraid of telling Homelander that. Yeah, and then the dude up, dude upstairs or downstairs won't let her tell him because he yeah. wants Homelander to find out when and how he wants him to. This is this is where you see Black Noir break down in the hallway and he cries. Oh yeah, he's crying in the you hallway. You see the Deep sitting there having a conversation with Carol about how he first heard. Was it the goldfish? Yeah, the goldfish. He was somewhere at the aquarium and they oh. were asking and begging for help. And it was like you start to see these human moments. You see A-Train burst into Starlight's room and saying, you never fuck with the money. You just don't get it. And you have his human moment where he alludes to the fact that he grew up with nothing and she did. And so there's a little bit of jealousy or 
little bit of mm-hmm. homage to that there. It's it's probably my favorite episode of the season so far. Which episode is it? Because like, we haven't really talked about the other aspect of this season with Homelander uh, visiting Becca and his son and trying to infiltrate in the home life and him trying to figure out how what what is a dad? How do I be a dad? Or how do I leverage this kid or whatever? Or how do I be liked by this kid? Maybe is what more of his mind is. But that scene where he obviously wants his son to exude powers. And then what does Homelander do? He just, you know, he just gets impatient and he's just like, you know what? Like you can't throw a baseball, not doing anything else. Let's go to the roof. And you know what? I'm just going to shove this kid off the roof and he does it and, just, and the just kid just kid. drops down onto his face <laughs> it was just as good as if you've ever seen meet joe black and in the first five minutes of meet joe black he gets hit by a car and then bounces up in the air and off three cars i cackled the same way when the kid fell on his face dude he just pushed him homelander at his finest man just vicious parenting right there fuck it just shoves him i love how he gets down there and becca's like what the hell's wrong with you he's like he's fine Fine. He's my son. Like, that's, that's exactly how I was with like my little brother when he got hurt. I'm like, he's fine. He's faking it. He's, he's faking it. I can't tell you how many times I said that. But my little sister or my cousin, little cousin, he's faking it. Rub some dirt in it. You'll be fine. I had a harder time with Homelander like saying goodnight to his son in the first episode and then saying like, I love you, son, and yeah. then making him say it back. I, I, I That was cringeworthy for me to watch. That whole mm-hmm. thing was really tense like for me throughout it because when they're eating breakfast the next day and she, he's like, you want some he, – she asks the kid, you want some – Maple syrup. maple syrup and he's like i would yes please and then she pours it on his and he's like a little more and so like the whole time i'm just waiting for him to like have a meltdown and kill them both you know what i mean like that's what i like it was very tense the whole the time power he was struggle in there. between the two of them and it was yeah. really hard it was really hard to watch her because in the first season homelander says flat out like nope she we had sex it was consensual and then you find out and in a very believable way and then you find out second season comes along and she was actually raped by homelander and you can see it and how he touches her and then she's forced to stay in this really uncomfortable position and even down she's sitting she's staying in a vault facility and locked in there she can't get out dude becca is a badass for like considering that a he's all powerful and b he's a rapist she mouths off to him all the time and i'm like more power to you becca like screw this dude well and then you find out later that she threatened her own life to save butcher because she oh. mentions that that Boom. you know she made a deal because he brings it up that i let him go because you you know you told me to but then she tells butcher that i told him i'd kill myself in front of ryan and tell him this was your dad's fault your dad did this to me just to fuck that relationship forever i was like that's brutal I was like, and what a way to tell him to go fuck himself, you know? She's the only good mom that you see in the yeah, show. That's true. Yeah. It's true. Good point. And the re- kid, like, chucks Homelander, so you know the kid's got some strength. Because he, like, yeah. shoves his ass, and Homelander falls, like, legitimately goes flying backwards a little bit. That's the only time you see that, right? We haven't seen Homelander, like, just laid out on his ass. Yeah. At all. Not in- until that yeah, until that moment, not again until see episode five, do you see him get manhandled. You also don't really see now that I think about it. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember, remember that. <laughs> manhandled is the right word. Yep. Soup sex. 
What were you um, saying, Kate? You don't really see him with his son past that point. That's the last That's the last kind of interaction that they show you. Because he fucked up, and I think he realizes that he fucked up. I'm sure he'll be back. Episode four is, that's the episode where Butcher's trying to get Becca out. That's when he breaks into the facility. We also, uh, we also see a familiar face in episode four. What familiar face? We get to see Elizabeth Shue come back. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, so disturbing. Wait, who's that? She's still well from episode two well? first season. Uh, doppelganger. doppelganger. That was disgusting. Which was dude. a nice twist because I thought when he first walked into the cabin and Yeah, I thought she was alive. Yeah, I thought I was like, how he couldn't have, he melted her face off. I was like, so and then I thought, oh no, they're not gonna just put him cracking, right? Like where he's you know, the typical trope of TV where someone loses their mind and so they're seeing shit. Like I was like, please don't do that. And so this whole time I'm pissed until he, I knew who it was. And I didn't until he lost. He wasn't able to hold the form anymore. And like Homelander <laughs> freaks out. Switch back. God damn it. Switch back right now. <laughs> and he won't look back. I was like, oh, no. And then you think about all the shit that they did when he first got there, like her dipping her fingers in the milk. And like shoving it in his mouth. And I was, oh, uh, yeah, Homelander's got issues. Like serious mental problems that he, he needs help, dude. And Jesus. <laughs> he needs so many things so in his life. Dead. It's bad. <laughs> well, and then later on in that same, no, it's episode five when he goes back to her again later on, which we'll talk about. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> so in this episode, Starlight <laughs> goes on. She, she goes back to you and says i can't go back to the seven she huey and mother's milk go to raleigh north carolina to raleigh north carolina um to go talk to To some lady about an old superhero named liberty and it was a (laughs) it was a tip that they got from it was from mallory from mallory and didn't butcher get it originally because he sent the fruit flower basket to the deputy director's funeral no she brought it up at that when they said i don't know what it's but she gave it to him because at the same time that she gave butcher the address for becca Because she and he was like, I failed on my mission to give you the terrorist. And she says, I don't care. She goes, it's my fault that you stopped looking for Becca. Here's her address. Here's a tip on how to continue bringing down the soups. And then he goes after Becca and leaves MM in charge to go find Liberty to continue to try to bring Vought down. But this is when we find out that Stormfront's a real piece of shit. They meet this girl that Vought has paid off to keep Liberty secret. And that is that Liberty is actually was Stormfront. So Stormfront has been around for a long time and and she's been a racist piece of shit for a long time yes because she the 70s yeah because she or probably earlier than that kills this girl's brother brutally for no reason other than he's black and says that she's the hero i am the hero for killing a black piece of shit like you and then mutilates and doesn't kill him yeah like cuts like half his face off but he's still freaking alive it was a gruesome death very gruesome, just brutal, hard to watch. Hard, and we've seen a lot of shit in this series, but that one was rough. So yeah, she's epically racist. And then they realize they got to go. So they take they take them back and Starlight then breaks up with Huey officially. We can't do this anymore. We're done. So stupid. How unfortunate. I'm sure they'll get back together at some point. Episode five, yeah, midway through, it's bonkers. Dude, okay, so this is the one where Homelander's points dip. Right. Yeah. That's actually episode four. It's the end of episode four. episode four. End of episode four. Yeah. So the part where he shows up at that rally 
to start chatting with people and he's like trying to explain it and he's making it worse. And Ashley's and losing he... her shit. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. Dude, it gets to the part where he laser beams this freaking crowd. And I was like, oh, finally, <laughs> Homelander just grows up hair and freaking tells people what he thinks. And then it turns out he was just like imagining it, you know? And that was really disappointing for me. Like, I would have loved for him to just kill 200 people and then have to deal figure out how to deal with that that would have been freaking awesome i kind of feel like the groundwork was laid in this episode for that to happen he's talking to stormfront and stormfront is saying like hey i'm here to help let me know if you need me and she tells him flat out like you don't need 50 million people to love you you need 5 million people fucking pissed which is what she's doing right she has an army he has a bunch of fucking disappointment and then he goes back to shapeshifter and kills shapeshifter who at the time that he kills him is shaped into Homelander. Homelander about to give himself head. <laughs> it was a really weird scene. It was a lot. It was it was too much for me. I was like, see, I'm not about to watch this dude have sex with himself. Like I draw the line. Well, it was really odd for me because, and I wouldn't say odd, like it was, it was very revealing because for a moment, Homelander almost went through with it. So you can see that that pure 100% level of narcissism is just off the charts because he thought about it for a minute and then he decided, I don't need you talking. And it was really kind of one of those therapeutic moments for him because he was talking to himself. I don't need you. And then snaps his neck and then he goes to Stormfront to say, how do we fix? I need your help. How do we fix my reputation? I also, Homelander did something pretty unforgivable in my book and he was on an interview with Maeve and he, oh, yeah. he, he called Maeve out. Yeah, he outed yeah, he her. Outed her. Which is not ever, ever okay. Like, I would rather you push your kid off the roof of a building than out somebody in that On national television. On national television. And all because he's sick of people lying to him. Priorities, Javier. Priorities. (laughs) (laughs) And then you see poor Maeve having to sit through the PR people trying, and her and Ileana sitting with them. They're trying to, like give her the the campaign and they're trying to change Ileana into a more a less feminine lesbian because it matches better or it works better in public yeah, relations. Yeah, because you can't have two lipstick oh. lesbians yeah. together, right? That makes people uncomfortable and people are more comfortable when there's gender defined roles. So let's throw you in a pantsuit like Ellen, Ellen and Portia. I had a hard time watching this entire portion of this part. One, because I have some pretty heavy opinions on that, but there's this Maeve's and her girlfriend's relationship is probably the healthiest of all (laughs) of the relationships that we've seen. It's super unhealthy, but it's still the healthiest. It's still the healthiest. (laughs) It's getting healthier, right? I mean, she, she made up, she let her go. She went back to, her there's clearly a solid connection there and she's just trying to protect her this is the episode though where the female peels the dude's face off oh what a death and then i was still alive yeah yeah like i wouldn't kill you i don't think so i mean eventually you probably bleed to death because head wounds bleed a lot and she i don't peeled like most almost all his face off and it was laying there in a mush when Frenchie came walking through. It was just like bundled up on the floor next to his. Well, and then there's the dude with a gun through his eyeball. They're going to skin graft my face back from my inner thigh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How do you come back from that? That's thing I want to say on a lighthearted note. I just love the butcher's aunt. I think that's what oh, it yeah. was. Just, of course, she was a drug dealer. 
course she was just doing that. It seems like like they should just do a side spinoff on like Butcher's ex- family and extended family just to know like what the world is going on with that. But just totally fit character. And and then Black Noir for me, I mean, it, that scene when he went through like multiple like ready-made bombs and obviously there was a ton of shrapnel in him blue parts of his like part of his face and stuff and he was still totally fine like these superheroes have a lot of just invincibility in a way where i still just can't fathom how some of them can die normally like they just seem so invincible yeah they all are invincible and homelander can laser someone's tits <laughs> and all and i don't know if her if they heal quickly i don't know they never showed that thankfully but who knows just i mean everybody <laughs> Everybody's their They're... own set of problems, right? Everybody has its own problem to be solved, as mm-hmm. Frenchie puts it. Does any did anybody else love the fact that when Butcher's whole life fell apart, he ran home to his bulldog? <laughs> Didn't that not warm mm-hmm. anybody else's heart? Terror, terror, the bulldog. I did like that they showed more of Black Noir, right? Because as far as I was concerned up till that point, I was like, okay, it's just, it's just like a ninja, right? Like you guys are a dime a dozen. We just saw a blind one, you know? So it was nice to know that he's like indestructible and he can throw a knife, I guess. I, I mean, I guess I'm just unclear what his superpower is, you know? He's super fast. Well, and I question, is he indestructible or is his suit? Well, he's... Oh, that's another good point. He's yeah. not, and neither is his suit, because at the beginning of the season, the terrorist from the end of last season that explodes himself, the guy from Syria, he blows up in front of Black Noir because Black Noir has just killed a bunch of people. He blows up and then you see like a whole part of Black Noir's suit is shredded and you can see like a couple of ribs and he's burnt skin. Part of his face is burnt. So you can see that he's not indestructible. You just don't know if he has healing powers or maybe he just doesn't care about getting hurt. So he that's why he wears the suit because maybe he's disfigured as fuck underneath that suit. We don't mm. know. But neither are indestructible. He can just take some damage. Maybe he's got some weird healing shit. Clearly can take a Yeah, he can take a beating for sure. I love like the piece of like metal, like a corkscrew that was stuck in the middle of his forehead. Just a little bit of it. It looked like a little pigtail coming out of his forehead. I was like, that's fantastic. Yeah, that whole scene was pretty funny because they're just chatting in the basement and then explosion, the whole house rocks and then footstep, footstep, explosion. Well, and I love before that when they first see that he's there and he's there to kill Butcher. Butcher comes in the house and Mother's Milk's like, if he's going to kill us, he's not going to do it without an audience. So he calls the fire trucks in the middle of this old folks residential area to say there's a gas Gas leak. leak. That whole scene is funny. Just at the end when he threatens him with the pictures of the kid and he hands him the phone. It's Mr. Edgar and he hands him the phone and then they make their little deal and he goes, the missus wants to talk to you. (laughs) He takes the phone back. So he's sitting there getting ready to get killed and he's still just as snarky as ever. Butcher's great. All right. Well, I have a theory that I got to run by. So we got to talk about the last scene in this. The epic sex scene. Two things. One, if you read an article, they had to wear body armor to film this scene because they were literally throwing themselves against walls and shit. So they were wearing elbow pads, knee pads, and body armor underneath their suits so that they could throw each other into shit and across the room and stuff. But I had a moment where, and I said it at first, when we first watched the episode, I was like, she's his mom. 
And then that scene happened and I was like, no, she's not his mom. And then I was thinking about it today and I'm like, you know, incest is probably not the worst thing that this show has ever shown. So I'm back on this theory that she's his mom. And I did some research to find out why I think they're going to do this. So in the comics, Stormfront was born in Nazi Germany and Hitler rejected him and they smuggled him out. He was the first, in the comics, he was the first born superhero. And what they did is they injected the fetus with compound V. So he was born a superhero as opposed to made as a child. So he was rejected by Hitler. They sent him to the, they smuggled him to the States where he continued with that belief of being, he was a Nazi and he was very racist, but Homelander in the comics is a clone of Stormfront. He's clone, they cloned Stormfront, made Homelander, and then, and then pumped him full of more compound V to make him even stronger than what Stormfront was. So as I'm reading this and doing this research, it started to dawn on me, what a twisted fucked up way for this show since they've gender swapped Stormfront make her his mom as opposed to still could be a clone Casey made the great point earlier that it could still be cloned they just added a chromosome so now you have a different version of that but still in my opinion I was like how twisted and fitting would this writing be if it turns out she's actually his mother I was like oh and then they showed Lamplighter and obviously her and Lamplighter. So Lamplighter's the guy that she calls. He's in the medical facility and he, for two seconds, they talk about some 17 year old and then she hangs up the phone. That's going to be Lamplighter, the, killed, the guy that killed Mallory's grandchildren. So they obviously have a connection. And I was like, I wonder if they're going to make Lamplighter and her his parents. But anyway, I still think that's, I think they're going to make her his mom, Homelander's mom. I can tell you, I did not think twice about that, but I mean, compelling. Yeah. Oof. Yeah, it made me. Yeah, I know, right? Everything got a little more fucked up in that show, <laughs> but not out of the realm. So my question that when Homelander was lasering her chest and everything, is he could kill her? It would just take him longer. You don't know. Yeah, we don't know. Obviously, she's okay with it. Enjoyed it, actually. Yeah, oh, clearly. But I. Hey, whoa. Okay, there's fair enough. I apologize to those that enjoy pain and get turned on by it. I just look at that and go, that's an extreme amount of pain. Yeah, to each their own. That is not my own. I will. You can have that. It doesn't look like it. Like when you look at it, she's not screaming out in pain. She's not in agony. It seemed like. Well, she didn't. Clearly. Yeah, she, and she seemed yeah, to it enjoy was, it. It was manageable. So it very well sure. could have been. It's kind of like getting a tattoo, right? Tattoos Fair hurt. Enough. But it's it's almost like an addictive kind of a thing. And you crave the feel, the smell, the whatever. Yeah. So. To me, it wouldn't be any different than that. That's a good analogy. Well, I think it's like the the soups struggle to feel maybe real pain because no one can do uh, inflict that type of pain. There's only people like Homelander or other people. And for her, that's probably like a very rare thing that happens. So maybe that's why it gets her off kind of thing. But I mean, I'm not a superhero, so can't speak for that's them. That's a fair thought. It's probably been a long time since she's felt that kind of pain. And just knowing that you still can might be it's a good point. Uh, yeah. I don't know, but crazy scene at the end. Can't wait for what's coming next. There's a lot of stuff that's got to happen, but I've been thoroughly happy with the second season so far myself. I've enjoyed it, but I won't lie. I haven't enjoyed it as much as I did the first season, but I think I think it's hard. I, I always kind of knew that the second season was going to have a hard time because the first season's damn near perfect. I mean, it's it's just beautiful television from start to finish. And this one, it's just hard because you're following that. So you have to strive for perfection against perfection. So that's the hard part is the first season seemed much more action packed and you were getting to know these characters and it was so off the wall and in your face and it was something so different on TV. And now I got used to it 
And it either feels like it's more of the same or it's not quite measured up to what the first season was. But now they're doing the backstory. And what I do appreciate that they're doing is they're spending more time on the soup characters to be able to to give them more depth. And characters like, you know, characters like Maeve, where in the first season, she was kind of a throwaway. She was there, but not really. So I I like the idea that they're putting more into some of those characters that were just ruled by an iron fist are now finally finding their voice. And so I think it needs that kind of slow burn character development. I just can't wait until we're out of that part. of. I like it. You didn't get Javier's. My what? His thoughts. We each gave a thought. Oh, share a thought on the season so far, Javier. Oh, thank you, Casey. Well, don't mind if I do. Hmm. I really liked it, honestly. Like, I can see where you guys are coming from, where it's like less action packed and less like intriguing than the first season. Because the first season was like you're constantly moving forward. And I can see where it kind of feels like you plateaued. But I, I never became disinterested in this show. Like, I never got distracted. Like, I always, always thought it was super interesting. Now that we're to the part where like Homelander is kind of starting to lose his grip a bit, where he's like fantasizing about killing people, I'm really intrigued to see what happens next. Because, I, dude, I really just want him to go ballistic and just kill a crowd of people. Like, I really want to see that in the aftermath of it. So, fingers crossed, there's some genocide in the next episode. <laughs> We can only help. Very fitting for you, Javier, to be excited about that. Well, that's our review and synopsis for Season 2, Episodes 1 through 5. Make sure you join us. We're going to continue watching this week to week on Fridays. We'll come back and and let you know once once we finished it. 6 through 9 will be on their way. So we appreciate you joining us. You can't wait. You can actually watch it on Thursday like I did because it's global time. So I watched it like 7 p.m. It was great. true. Yeah, if you're you're in the States at least, you can watch it a little early because it is GMT. Check it out. 7, 8, 9 o'clock. You can check it out early on Thursday. Thursday. So also make sure you flip over to our movie side, listen to those podcasts as well. We have the devil all the time coming next. I've heard good things. So we'll see. All right, Matt, so why don't you tell them where they can find us? Yeah. Find us on social media. First and foremost, our Instagram and Facebook pages. Check us out on our podcast on Apple, Spotify, Ghana, and then come check out our website. And we'd love to hear from you. Comments, uh, movie suggestions, whatever it may be. Thank you. All right, guys. That's our review again on this first few, first half of the second season of The Boys. We appreciate you joining us and we'll catch you on the next one. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.